we forget, you know, we have this one life and what are we really working for? You know, it's for the laughs, it's for the moments, it's for those memories and connection with people around us. And we're not going to get it sitting by ourselves all the time. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life now. I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, my sweet, beautiful friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. Today is a really fun episode and one that we have never devoted an entire podcast to, at least as far as I can remember, and that is self-care. More importantly, easy and obtainable ways to have self-care for ourselves. And we just have the most amazing guest today. I'm sitting down with Daniela Wolf. She is the host of the Best D Life podcast, and she's all about, and I love this, this is her tagline, finding the bliss in your busy. What one of us listening does not need to have a little bliss in our busy? You know what I mean? So I'm really excited. Daniela and I um, chatted quite a while ago all about what does self-care really look like? And she was telling me, she's like, yeah, I have like these really unique ways of looking at self-care. And I was immediately hooked. And I was like, yeah, I need to, I need to have you on the podcast. One quick thing before we dive into the episode, one quick announcement. We are now posting the podcast on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, hello, I'm talking to you. Um, but if you are a person who prefers listening or and or watching the podcasts, or if you have a friend who uh, you've maybe recommended the episode to, but they're like, no, I'm just a YouTube podcaster. We now have an outlet for that. So you can check it out at Life Coach Baker on I almost said PooTube, YouTube, um, and we're all on there. So without further ado, let's dive into self-care, making it easier and easier and easier than ever for us with Daniela Wolf. It's so fun to talk to you literally in less than 24 hours. (laughs) Daniela, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Nicole. I'm so excited to get to talk to you again. It (laughs) is, you know, we we were saying this yesterday as you were signing off your show, uh, which is the best D life. You should check it out. It's very good. Um, we were saying this, like, it's so nice to talk to someone who you're like, wow, I could talk to you for a very long time. Like, it's so mm-hmm. nice to have like those really rich conversations. And before I go way too far down that route, rabbit hole, I would love for listeners to hear a little bit about who you are, what you do and what brought you to self-care and personal development. 
Absolutely. So like you said, I'm Daniela Wolf. My business is Bestie Life, helping you find the bliss in your busy. I have been a social worker for 26 years. I'm a mom of two. And um, what kind of brought me here was definitely my own personal journey. So even though I'm a social worker and I'm trained in all things, self-care, mindfulness, meditation, coping skills, you know, stress management, all those kind of things. It definitely went kind of going through my own personal struggles with overwhelm, burnout, you know, time management and all those kind of things. When my kids were younger, about five and six months old, um, I went through a divorce. So I was a single working mom with two little kids. And I just felt like I had to do it all and be it all in order to show that I could do it. You know, I wasn't fantastic at asking for help. I felt like they always had to come first. I had to take care of them. And I really got to this point where I kind of hit a wall and I realized, you know, I was snapping maybe more than I would care to. I was more irritable. I was short tempered. I was always just rushing, um, rushing, rushing, rushing. And I was like, this is not who I want to be. This is not the mom I wanted to be. This is not who I want my kids to know and the kind of pace and lifestyle I wanted to live. It actually was kind of now looking back, kind of like a, a just a funny moment, but it was also super stressful. We had this weird storm. It was like October, but we had this massive ice storm and like tree limbs were falling down. The power was out for a week. We were sleeping in front of our fireplace because oh we didn't have power for like four or five days. And um, I remember I was bailing out buckets from my sump pump to keep it from overfilling and flooding my basement. Um, and I was like, this is insane. Like, this is crazy. You know, my son was upstairs watching my daughter for me. He's almost five years old, you know, and I was like, just watch her while I bail this out. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was a wreck. Luckily, um, I had a neighbor who hooked up my son pup to his generator every couple hours after that. Like I ended up, you know, like just figuring out, like, I got, I need help. I can't do this. And I started with that one moment of like, can you help me with this? And then, you know, a girlfriend's power came on before me. I was like, can I take a shower, you know, and going to the grocery store became those things. And I realized like, I need to start doing things to take care of me in order to take better care of my kids. Cause if I'm not taking care of myself, everybody suffers. I started going to the gym once in a while and using the childcare at the gym. And I know so many women, they talk about, you know, well, I feel so guilty. I feel bad. Like I should be doing things with them. And I found like, they actually had a blast, you know, being able with somebody else. They were, you know, like college kids. They were super cool. They had fun. And I came back and we were, you know, all in a good mood and bubbly. And by each kind of getting a little bit of time to ourselves to do something for us, it started to move the needle. I also started to do a nightly gratitude practice where I listed three things I was grateful for every day. And, um, they weren't massive things. It might've been like my favorite banana smoothie. The sun was actually out today. Um, Somebody held the door for me, but it was being able to focus on those little moments that again, helped me start to see, you know, that I could get through what was at the time a very difficult time in my life. And I slowly began making these changes. And I obviously was just, you know, being me talking about it, living my life. And people would ask me about it. People would come to me and be like, oh my gosh, I did this because of something I shared with them because of something they saw me doing. And I started to see that this was something that, you know, people were craving that other women wanted in their lives, even if they weren't going through those things that I was going through. And, you know, it became so 
almost like second nature to me. I didn't even realize what I was doing. And that's the thing, you know, they say is your zone of genius when it becomes second nature, you don't even realize it's, it's out of the norm. And so that's what I became super passionate about. I love self-care because it's not just the spa days and the bubble baths, but it's all those day-to-day things you integrate throughout your day that just start to make every day special. I, have I know so, that was a lot. All no, I, I loved it. I have so many questions and thoughts. It was just so beautiful. First and foremost, I want to bring it back to your business name, finding bliss in the busy. What? I mean, it's perfect. I mean, like, I like that is like the most beautiful sentence ever. What brought you to that name? Mm-hmm. And yeah, how did you come up with it? So actually, uh, even like best D life, my, my f- close friends all call me D. So I'm sure you're going to be calling me D anytime I will. soon. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I actually got a text from one of my girlfriends. She sent me a picture. And it was just a picture of her knees down by the water because we live near a lake. And she's like, instead of running errands, I decided to take 20 minutes and read my book. And, you know, she's like, I listened to my inner D and that's why I did this thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't even realize that was like, you know, what she called her voice that said, stop what you're doing and take some time for yourself. And it was like, you know, even in the midst of her busy day, just even those 15, 20 minutes, it, it doesn't mean, you know, you're revamping your whole life, that you're undoing the things that you have to do and need to do, but you're finding those moments throughout what is already happening in your day. And that's the bliss in your busy. Oh, it's so good. I love it. (laughs) When it comes to you and like implementing these different tools into your life, did you implement them all at once? Did you stack them one on top of the other? What was that journey like? Um, It it was definitely little bits here and there. And Mm -hmm. it, you know, it does start super small. Like I said, my gratitude practice was three things a night in this little journal next to my bed. I still have it. It's got like these strawberries on the cover. It's so cheesy, (laughs) but, um, you know, you start small and then I went to the gym, you know, and at first it probably wasn't super consistent, but with time and intention about really making it happen. And sometimes, you know, like I had to invest and buy a gym membership. I had to invest and do certain things in order to start changing the way my day was going, you know, whether it was, I went to the gym, or maybe on certain days, I couldn't, I got out and went for a walk, or I got up early and did a workout, you know, I bought some equipment for my house and things like that, a little stepper and things like that. Um, You know, it, it was gradual over time, because it does, if you try and make it too massive and too big, it's going to be too hard. And then you won't be able to follow through with it. But the smaller it is, and that's why I said, you know, like, I didn't even realize how some of these things became so ingrained in part of my day, because it was so gradual that I started doing this. And then I started adding that. And, you know, on my weekends, when I didn't have my kids, or even when I did, you know, I just, I kept going. And those were the small shifts that started to move the needle. And, And it was easier to maintain the consistency of it, and then they became habits to the point I didn't even realize I was doing them. And honestly, I, you know, saw over time that even my kids picked up on the fact that, you know, I would intentionally take time for myself. Oh, mommy needs a moment. I'm going to do this. One time I came home from work and my son, um, he was in middle school. He got home before me. He 
had made me some homemade hummus and had some chips out and a little candle. And he's like, mom, you've had a busy week. Why don't you take some time for you? And I was like, oh my God, buddy, thank you. I am like, you know, that is the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. He was probably nine years old. Like he's 20 now and he'd be embarrassed to know I was sharing that. But um, (laughs) I love that. That is, that is the child everyone should aspire to be. Oh my God. I'm I'm literally crying. Those are the things we don't even realize our kids see that they yeah. were modeling for them. We are teaching them every day, not by what we say, by what we do, how to take care of ourselves, how we should be treated as people, as well as moms, as women. And, you know, it's those habits that you make just almost part of your norm that they internalize. Oh, I wonder, do you see this in your clients or even in people in your space? Do you see them like see what you do? Have this very beautiful curated long-term self-care ritual, and do you see them be like, "Well, I have to do all of those right now"? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's you know, I definitely make it a point to break it down because I think they do see the end result mm-hmm. and not realize, you know, how small you start off. You know, yeah. it might just be setting a timer three or four times a day and taking some deep breath water breaks, that might be where you start. And it sounds so simple to the point you're like, really, that's going to do something. It's massive. Yeah. Massive. Just to start with something as small as that. And, you know, that's the thing. I think people, whether they see on social media, cars and houses and, you know, or weight loss, they see the body, they see this, they see that, you know, being able to break it down into the small, like unsexy parts of it yeah, yes, is, is where everybody has to start. You know, like I said, I was bailing my sump pump. So not sexy. Yeah. <laughs> the unsexiest. Yes. Well, and I, I, that brings me to another point that I know you and I kind of, kind of have touched on, I think in our, in our preliminary interview, which is like, how do you think social media and just kind of that world in general, how do you think it plays into self-care? Do you think it enhances it? Do you think it skews it? Um, I think just like everything else, moderation is key because, Mm -hmm. you know, you can definitely have too much of a good thing. And I think there's definitely some benefits on social media when it comes to definitely connections, you know, look at this, you could look at motivation, you can look at ideas, you know, Pinterest is one of my favorite social media platforms, you know, just to get ideas for stuff. And, but I think sometimes you can start creating that negative conversation, that comparisonitis, that place of not being enough or setting too high expectations. If you spend too much time there. And again, you can fall into the same trap of seeing the end result and not appreciating the time and the small steps it took to get there. Oh, beautiful answer. (laughs) And I so freaking agree. There's a great, I I don't know if it's necessarily a quote, because I'm going to paraphrase it, but there's a great idea um, that you can't compare your step one to someone else's step 50. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yet we're all trying to leap to step 50 without doing one through 49. Yeah. Or another quote, I love quotes as well. Um, There's something about a fish would think it's a failure if it tried to fly or something along those lines, like, you know, like a a bird trying to swim and a fish trying to fly, they would each think they're failures versus 
that's not what you're meant for. Yes. Oh, I have not heard that one. And I like and it. I just butchered it too a little bit, but it, you get the gist. <laughs> okay. It's uh, retweeted by, by D. I'm going to call you D. No, yeah. I love it. If you've been listening to the show, or if you're just a living, breathing person in the 21st century, odds are that you're a perfectionist. But did you know that there are three different types of perfectionism? After working with perfectionists for the past two years and being one myself for uh, longer than that, I would have to be an ostrich with my head stuck deep in the sand to not realize that there are different styles of perfectionism, each one with their own self-sabotaging patterns. To find out which perfectionist type you are, plus learn helpful next steps that will get you out of those patterns of self-destruction, Take the free quiz by following the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. Now on to the episode. What made you, I, I know there's like the septic tank and, and, or not, excuse me, not septic tank. Sump pump. So, uh, yeah, there was no poop. No, oh, good. <laughs> that is extremely unsexy yes. is what that is. What were some like thoughts going through your head on a day-to-day basis then, and what are the thoughts like now? Like now that there's been several years of really mm-hmm. conditioning and making this self-care a habit, what are the difference in like the subconscious thought patterns in your head? That's just a fancy yeah. way of saying what goes on through your head on a day-to-day basis. That's different. Yeah. Like what was my mindset shift for sure? Yeah. 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 Definitely back then I was in this mode of having to almost like prove myself. Like I had to do everything. I had to be everything to be good enough to be still seen, you know, not as a failure because I was a single working mom, not to be letting my kids down, not to be letting my job down, not to be, you know, seen as less than as well as to meet this kind of perfectionistic. And I know that's right up your alley, you know, image of what a good mom was, what a good, you know, coworker was and all these things. And I've learned over time, grace of embracing my imperfections, embracing my not so good moments and being able to apologize for them, being able to just sit in my humanness and be like, oh, well, it's all right. You know, instead of always striving for more, almost like intentionally not striving for less, but I think just going for slow, going for Mm. that different pace and different expectations and really shifting what made a moment good and what made it memorable. And so being able to just kind of, like I said, give myself that grace and lighten up. Oh, what made a moment good and what made it memorable that I don't know that just like, like a freaking laser, like went straight to the heart. Like that was, Oh, that was really good. Um, like if you think about it, you know, like some of our worst moments or the most embarrassing or the biggest flops, I don't know about you, but that's what we talk about and laugh about, you know, around the kitchen table, like, oh my God, remember when da-da-da happened, you know, like that's our fun. That's, those are the moments that really stuck with us is when we were our most human vulnerable selves, not, you know, when I got a straight A on something or when I did something perfectly. Do you have any self-care rituals, like as a family, like any traditions that you guys do that really 
curate that we're allowed to celebrate our imperfections with each other. Yeah. Yeah, actually we do. It started, um, it's the rule of you get three times to make a new recipe, right? And it started because I tried to make gnocchi and it, Brave. The, first time, <laughs> the first time was a disaster. It melted when I put it in the pot of boiling water into this like disgusting potato soupy kind of thing. Like all the little gnocchis, those perfect little pillows just dissolved into, <laughs> and I think we ended up having to order out because it was just completely inedible. And I was oh like, I wasn't, I wasn't going to be beat though. I was not going to give up. And I was like, all right, guys, this was my first time trying. I get three times to get it right. And so the second time it was a little bit better, but by the third time I did actually nice. get it right. We were able to enjoy a meal together and we've all kind of picked that up now, whenever we try something new or make something or like, oh, I get three times, I yeah. get three tries, you know, because who knows how to do something perfectly right the first time. No, like, I don't, I don't know many people who do. And if you do, I mean, I guess great for you, but I'm just, that just doesn't seem possible no. all the time. I, I love that because I feel like we're all trying to get it perfect on the first try. And there is this idea of like, well, if I can't get it perfect on the first try, I can't even try. Yeah. Oh my God. People get frozen. They're like, I'm not even going to do it completely. And it's like, well, I'm going to fail. And it's like, it's, it's a dinner, you know, like, and, or an email. I see that a lot. Like people are like, I can't, I can't send that email. That's, that's uh, what if I fuck it up? What if I don't write it right? And it's like, you're allowed to write a first draft. You do not have to click send for your first draft. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to write a second and a third and a fourth and blah, blah, blah. However many you need to. It, I just think it's so important. How do you, I, I'm curious and I, I, I never really thought about the, this way. Do you think that ties into like the self-care rituals that we do that uh, on our own to be able to be like, no, I'm just going to guts isn't really the right word, but like, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out. See what sticks. Yeah, absolutely. Because there is no one way to do self-care. There's no wrong way. There's no totally right way. There's no set way every single day, even it's going to look different every single day. And I think being able to give yourself kind of that grace of, you know, maybe one day you fit in a 20 minute walk and you eat super healthy and other days it's going to look like I stayed on the couch for 20 minutes and watched an extra episode of my show and did all these other things. It just kind of self-care isn't about solitude and silence and peace and quiet all the time. Sometimes it's laughter and silly and dancing. And, you know, it, it can be so many other things. I sing in my car really loud to eighties music. I, you know, embarrass my daughter by just waving to people. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It can look like whatever it needs to be. And that's the thing is, I think, we forget, you know, we have this one life and what are we really working for? You know, it's for the laughs, it's for the moments, it's for those memories and connection with people around us. And we're not going to get it sitting by ourselves all the time. Sometimes want- we need to recharge. Like I'm an introvert and I definitely do need my, my by myself time, but you know, I still think it's important to be around people just to get that energy. Yeah. I literally want everyone to go back 90 seconds, two minutes and re-listen to that again. (laughs) Like that, 
is so freaking important, especially I love how you said it's going to look different every day. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you had this back when perfectionism or like that, like I need to like prove myself. I need to be the best. I can't ask for help. Um, I don't know if you felt this way. Like it almost feels like, Oh, if I try something, it has to be like that forever. Right. Right. Yeah. Like when I first started doing a morning routine, which is one of my number one self cares for me, I was like, okay, well I'm going to, you know, get up at five 30 and it has to be like that for the rest of my life. And it's like, when it stopped working, when it stopped giving me energy, instead, I like wake up and I'm like, what year is it? I was like, okay, (laughs) maybe this isn't how it has to be. Right. Like it doesn't need to be forever. And I love the idea. I literally wrote it down. It gets to look different every day. That is so important. Because sleep is self-care. And I think we neglect sleep just like we neglect silly and laughter. We neglect sleep as part of our self-care and it gets pushed to the bottom of our to-do list. You know, that expression, I'll sleep when I'm dead. No, that's what's going to kill you is your lack of sleep. (laughs) I cannot. Oh my God. That, that saying is what I'm not going to even say got me. It's what killed me in college. Cause I was like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And I didn't. I was sick every other week. It was horrible. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, okay. So I'm curious. I want listeners to walk away and I, you've listed so many great ones already, but I want listeners to walk away with like a download of different self-care ideas. And I love how you mentioned like it's personal. It's going to look different for everyone. Mm-hmm. What are some of your top five or My 10 go-tos like, your top go-tos. <laughs> like what are your top go-tos and how do you help other people figure out what their top go-tos can be? Mm-hmm. Well, definitely. Like I had mentioned setting a timer for three, three or four times a day for just a minute or so each to take some deep breaths and to have a big glass of water because hydration, you know, oxygen are core fundamentals to our our mental clarity, our well-being, our stress relief, you know, you automatically, your shoulders will drop all those little things literally in a minute. You don't realize how long a minute is until you're not on your phone and you're not doing anything else, but just focusing on that minute. One more time for the people in the back. So good. <laughs> and so that's five minutes. You've got five minutes. If you spread it out a minute at a time throughout the day, but even if you don't, you know, you're driving in your car, every stoplight, you take deep breaths until the light changes. And those intentional deep breaths where you breathe in for four, you hold for four, you let it out for four are transformational. They sound so basic and so simple. You're probably like, she went to college for that. But it really, it makes such a huge difference because again, it's that intention and that focus that changes how you feel about it. And as soon as you change how you feel, you're going to go out and you're going to do different. You're going to let the person turn in front of you instead of being like, nope, you're not getting in, you know, or or those little moments in traffic where you have that little bit of like, oh yeah, you know, your blinker's still on. I'm not going to give you the finger or whatever, you know, how dare you at me like this, (laughs) D? Um, you know, those, but that's like a super small little thing. Um, even like, you know, as a busy mom, my kids, I was, in my car for hours every day after work, dropping off, picking up, picking up, dropping off. And I found like, I had all this like in between time where it's like, well, I don't have time to go home. What do I do? And I would either bring a book or I'd bring my podcast or a book on tape and I go for a walk. Like there's ways that you can fit in things you want to do 
in the, again, in the busyness of what you are already have to do. And to, you know, again, find 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, you know, depending on how much time you had in between, you could fit in a walk, you could read a chapter of your book, you could do those little things, even just a phone call to connect with an old friend. And you start with, hey, I'm just waiting for so and so to get out of practice, but I was thinking of you and I wanted to connect. That alone will light you up and change the tone for the rest of your day. And definitely, you know, there's a process, I have a self care quiz on my website, if you want to check it out, but definitely like, there's ways to start seeing like, where are you maybe not as solid in your in your self care routine? Is it your sleep? Is it your movement? Is it the way you eat? Is it the way you think about money? Is it the way you connect with others? Because, you know, all these areas almost like work together like a wheel. And if there's, you know, a hole in one part of the wheel, you're going to feel it every time you hit that spot. And so to kind of get a gauge for what area do you maybe need to spend a little bit more intentional time on is how you're going to find kind of that framework then that works for you throughout your day. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but everyone listening, go back two minutes and (laughs) listen to that again. Like that was so good. And I love that it's not overwhelming. It's so easy here and there. They're common sense things that I think, you know, again, to have someone intentionally point them out, intentionally notice those things is what helps make it matter and help make it different. You know, we all know, you know, how to use say an exercise bike, but to have someone intentionally show us the right way to set it up and the things that are going to help us not need to spend three hours on it, but to get the most out of a 10 minute bike ride is what makes that difference. I love that. I love that. I love that idea of like, oh, if I'm going to do this thing that I know I really want to do rather than feeling like I have to like stress myself out and figure it out on my own. Cause I'm so guilty of having done that in the past as well. Like literally reach out to, there is, we forget how big our, I don't want to say network. Cause that sounds really busy or mm-hmm. businessy, but like, we forget how big our network is and how people mm-hmm. know shit. It's like, our community. It's, you know, our, it's community. our community. Thank like you. I have yes. people that I go to for certain things as well, because they're just better at it than I am. Even if it's like, okay, read this email for me. So I don't sound too snarky, you know, like <laughs> we all have our areas that like someone is very good at helping to sound, you know, reframe things in a way that maybe sound a certain way, or maybe someone's able to, again, pick out those things that you can do in a couple minutes. Someone's able to see where you're stressing yourself out because what's the expression, something about like the four, you can't see the forest through the trees. Like when you're in the soup, when you're in the mix of it, you can't see what else is going on because you're just trying to keep your head above water. And so you need kind of that outside perspective, that vantage point, you know, we always can look back, you know, five years ago and been like, oh, I probably should have done this or that. Having someone in your world, in your circle now, helps give you that perspective now rather than waiting five years of what you could have, should have done. Well, and I think that's why, and we talked about this on your show yesterday. That's why having someone directly working with you, like a coach, a mentor, a therapist Mm -hmm. is so beneficial. There's a great quote again, here we, here we are back to the quotes, but there's a great quote that says, find someone who will turn their decades into your days. 
Mm-hmm. If someone has decades worth of information, and by the way, that's just such an arbitrary number. It can be. And I do have decades. Yes, you do. Like <laughs> you've literally been in a social working space for how long? What? 26 years. Yeah. Like <laughs> find someone who is a master. And like you said, beautifully at the beginning, who it comes so easily to, who gets to guide you through, walk through, walk with you through the mud, like having someone personalize things to you and call you out on the self-sabotaging patterns that we all have, <laughs> like yeah. having someone is so important. And I want to, I want to bring that back and, to your quiz. And not even just calling out, like I'm, you know, options. I think yes. we can't always see our own options when we're in this situation because we only know the expectation we came in with. And so to see outside of that, it, it's practice, it takes work, but to be, you know, again, that fly on the wall and be like, you know, you could kind of do this this way. You could kind of yeah. look at this this way. You've got a couple minutes here. What about this? You know, I heard this one coach, she's a Pilates instructor. She talked about doing some squats while you're brushing your teeth. If you wanted to start fitting that in, you yes. know, there's definitely always a way. Always, always. I, I just, gosh, I like you so much. You're so good. Um, <laughs> I want, I want to bring it back to your quiz. Cause I want people to be able to find it and take it. Where can they uh, where can they take that on your website? It's right on my website. It'll pop up or there's a little bar at the top, but it, um, website is bestielife.com. And we'll put that link what's your self-care IQ, you know, because I think we all, again, we equate sometimes self-care to those bubble baths and spa days, which God, I haven't seen the inside of a spa <laughs> in years, <laughs> but I absolutely would say I practice self-care every day. Yeah. Oh, and I, I, it brings me to one last question, then we'll we'll kind of wrap up with segments. But right now, I don't know if you've been seeing it. There's this idea of like self-numbing and self-care, where like self-numbing is doing the things that literally are just like, I am so burned out. I need to just turn my brain off, like binge watching mm-hmm. Netflix or having a good cry and eating a pint of ice cream. Maybe that's not really mm-hmm. self-numbing. That's just getting your feelings out, which is healthy. Please do yeah. that. But like, yeah. Um, there's this idea of like, I'm just going to like shut the world out and, and recharge. And then those things that really fill us up like a gratitude practice or stuff like that. Is there a way that you see both of them working in harmony? Do you think it's better to lean one into the other? Is it totally personal? What are your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, I haven't heard much about, but honestly, some of the things you're talking about, they're not even self numbing, but they're they're almost like those precursors to burnout. And that makes mm-hmm. me a little nervous to hear some of that because it's when you can't go, you don't have the motivation to come back from Ooh. those types of activities. You've completely lost your spark, lost your motivation, lost your oxygen, kind of, so to speak, that you are burnt out. And that's that's a dangerous place to be because we can all be stressed. We can all be busy. We can all you know, be in a place of overwhelm. But once you get to burnout, it's a little, that's a bigger climb to come out of, you know, and so definitely being self-aware, catching yourself, setting boundaries around those activities is one way to maybe kind of keep them in, again, that moderation, that healthy balance of, you know, I I love a good Netflix binge, but I'm only going to do four episodes and then I'm coming back, you know, so it doesn't turn into an all day event. I'm going to, you know, take a 10 minute walk in between episodes. I think someone was saying during the pandemic, Netflix at some point would ask like, are you still there? Yeah. Or it should ask like, do you need a shower? Like, <laughs> because people were spending so much time on Netflix, but you know, it, it would check in on you because the volume of time that people were spending 
it's a lot. And so I think just, again, you know, are we using food and alcohol as a way to escape or Mm -hmm. is it part of, you know, something we're doing again in, in a healthy way? I love what you said about like, and then I'll come back. Mm-hmm. There, I don't know why that just well, sounds like such a powerful have phrase. A moment. I like to have a scream and a cry, yes. you know, but then we come back. And actually, when you were talking about that, I had read this article once where it said, and I tell my students this all the time, like crying is actually good. I think people are embarrassed. Like they fight it. Like, no, I can't cry. I can't oh cry. God. There's, there was a study done that showed crying and there's something in tears that's mimics or is similar to amniotic fluid. And that's why you feel better after you cry. Cause it's almost like it, you know, reminds you of what it was like when you were in your mom or something like that. What? If you happen upon that article again, that you said it. but I remember That's reading okay. that and I was like, oh my God, that makes sense. Like who doesn't feel better after a good cry, but just don't unpack and stay there. Please, come <laughs> please come back. And like, I, I think there's this other idea. I, I actually have one more question. I'm sorry. And then we'll, we will get oh. into segments, but my, for someone who says, I don't have the time. Cause that's mm-hmm. probably the biggest thing I hear when it's like, well, what about a self-care ritual? I don't have the time for that. Mm-hmm. I I want, what are, I know you've, you've definitely mentioned a few, but like, what are some like 90 seconds or less? Like you have no excuses. You can do this <laughs> types like of self-care. To find like your favorite, you know, like a lavender lotion. So people talk about a nighttime routine to help them get into sleep mode to prioritize that. You find like a nice lavender lotion, something you like, you put it on your bedside table, you give it two pumps, rub it in your hands, maybe a little bit in your foot, 90 seconds, and you're off to bed and you've got that lavender, you've got the aromatherapy, you've got softer hands and feet, you know, like that alone is the start right there. And again, sometimes we're doing those things, but that intentional thought and focus of like, oh yeah, this is my self-care will change how you feel about it. And it'll change the benefits you get from things you're already doing. That, yes, that right there. Because what happens, I feel like is when we have in our identity, I'm just too busy. I'm someone who's too Mm -hmm. busy for self-care. That becomes a part of us. That becomes how we view the world. And when you instead say- And then you are too busy. And then you are too busy. And then you're miserable and you're putting everyone else in front of you or you're like putting everything uh, you can't ask for help with stuff like that. But when it's like, I am someone who even makes 10 seconds, 90 seconds, puts lavender lotion, like just that, like it changes the way you view your own identity. And like, I can see that over time. I have a nighttime routine. Yes. Wow. And you sound like a badass. Like you sound like an adult and it feels good. Like like you're owning your day. You're owning your time. Like I have a nighttime routine and people are like, wow, how do you, how do you do that? (laughs) Really? Oh my God. That is like, I don't know if you feel like this. Like I am able to like hit my head on the pillow and be out in like 10 minutes but I, I equate that directly to my nighttime routine just because I've been doing it for so long. Right. You probably and don't even think about it as like a formal, like nighttime routine, but it's, it's those habits and steps that you do at night and the people around you, your partner probably knows like, Oh, yeah. Nicole's getting ready for bed. <laughs> Normally we're right there next to me because we we're we're so synced with it where we'll like do the wordle. And then that's our last thing. And then we'll go to bed. Like, <laughs> Oh my goodness. You are so smart, so fun. Where can people find you other than obviously the amazing quiz? Are there other places Mm -hmm. people can find you and 
inquire about working with you because you are so good at this. Yeah. I'm on Facebook as well as Instagram. I love to hang out on, um, best underscore D underscore life. And definitely, you know, ask me any questions you have, throw me a scenario and see what, what options would I come up with? Because I think until you see how it works for you, it still sounds super abstract. And it sounds like, well, that's great for you, but my life has X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, let's start to talk about it. Let's unpack it and see what are you, what's your goal and how are you going to get there? Because it's all obtainable if you decide it is. You guys, please take D up on that. Please, please, please. You have no excuses anymore. <laughs> like, please, that is so generous. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And anytime, if anyone's listening to this and they have a few self-care ideas and they want to post about it on social, please tag both of us and share it. Because I think we can all agree, everyone listening, and especially D, you and I, like people need to start prioritizing this and we can't start prioritizing unless we know how and what to do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Put yourself first. Always, always. Um, I have two quick questions for you, which is our little segment questions, which is one, what is one small step you've taken towards a goal this week? Um, let's see. Well, in general, not even this week, but this year, my goal was to be more consistent with my podcast. And so I have been releasing weekly episodes instead of the sporadic here and there. So that was one. Um, I shared with you before we got on air, I'm actually meeting in real life, somebody that I met online and did a podcast with. So I'm excited to start making just those real connections with people and taking, you know, things beyond just that superficial level. So that's something I was excited about. And truly, I feel like when you start doing consistent podcast episodes, it's like, oh, this is like, you know, it, it just starts to feel like such like an actual part of your business and so fun. Like, I'm so excited for you. Oh, keep me posted. I, I'm so excited for you. And then, of course, the second one, which I hinted at on your show yesterday, how were you imperfect this week? Um. So... I, I have many imperfect moments. <laughs> and one I of them it. would probably be the fact that my daughter has a, a concert in a couple hours. And I honestly thought it, well, she told me it was June 8th, not realizing tonight was with her. And the thing that came in the mail said band boosters instead of orchestra. And so I thought it was like for my son who graduated years ago, I was like, oh, this is not meant for me. And I threw it out. So I don't have tickets to the concert because I had to pre-buy them. I'm going to show up late so I can get in. And, you know, like I just, I don't always have it together, but it's those things we can laugh about and we can kind of just work our way through and realize it's all going to work out in the end. Well, and I love how now it's like, well, like, I love it now when those kinds of moments happen, it means nothing about us, our worth, Mm -hmm. our worthiness as a human being. Instead, it's like, oh, oops. (laughs) Oops. Well, I think I shared with you when we were chatting yesterday, like one time it was picture day and I didn't realize it. And she, I let her chalk her hair green for school. And so we have school pictures with green hair from my I honestly school. love that. I feel like that's one of those things you show the grandkids and like when they're 15, 16 and be like, look at mom, look at like, yeah. that is amazing. <laughs> like That's like a tradition for the family. Amazing. Dee, it's just thank part you. of that grace, you know, that yes. it doesn't have to all look great. It doesn't. And in, in fact, like, I feel like those are the types of moments that we can all relate to more. 
Mm-hmm. And it just makes us so much more human, so much more human. Mm-hmm. Oh. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. You're absolutely incredible. Guys, seriously, go check her out. Go send her your ideas for self-care or your situations and ask for help. It is not a weakness. Do it again. You have no excuses. This is it. Like, but thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, Dee, for being here. This has been great. Thank you. What a freaking gem. (laughs) Um, I'm so glad Dee was able to come on the show. If you guys... I'm I'm gonna give you homework this episode. I'm gonna do something a little bit different or something we haven't done with a guest in a while. I want you all to pick one thing, one self-care um tip or trick or item that Dee said that really struck a chord with you. And try again that one thing this week. Our self-care, a lot of the times we feel like it needs to be these like big monumental shifts. When in actuality, it's like we talked about it. So it's really like those two degree pivots, those teeny tiny little movements. So definitely, definitely, definitely try that out this week and let us know how it goes. Um, if you guys really loved Dee's message, you can go check her out. She is at bestielife.com where you can actually take her self-care quiz. It's all about, do you know your self-care IQ? I actually just took it and I got self-care master. I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. You can also find her on Instagram. She is at best underscore D underscore life. And of course we'll have all the links in the show notes as well. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, share it on social and tag both of us. I am at Life Coach Baker. And again, D is at best underscore D underscore life on Instagram and share your thoughts. Was there one in particular that you're like, I'm doing this this week and I need accountability. So post it on social media, of course. Um, But we would love to see what you guys really took away from the episode. It's really, really, really important to us. And then of course, go check out her podcast. I was actually on it last week. We were talking about all things perfectionism, uh, my favorite topic in the world. I love you all. Until next time, sweet friends, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Don't forget to go take the free quiz and find out what perfectionist type you are by visiting the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. Also take a moment to rate the podcast and write a review. It is the best way to get the word out there. Plus you'll get the chance of having your review read on the show. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.